Every year I know we're gonna go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Star. All my cheese heads go pack go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack. No, I ain't a bad sport, and I'll even wish you good luck. Welcome in to Lombardi's Legends Podcast. I am Wags, and with me is my co host, Dane, as always. And uh, we are recording here live on a Monday evening on uh, Facebook. YouTube and Twitter channels. And for those of you listening later, uh, we are watching the Cardinals and Rams game as we speak. It's time to start scoreboard watching. I think Dan, after the Packers took care of business and overpowered the Bears on Sunday night football, 45 to 30, improved to 10 and three. Uh, they're in a very good position now in the NFC. Yeah, it wasn't always pretty. It was a little harder than I had hoped, especially in the first half, but the Packers took care of business in the end. And um, looking on the pos- at a positive right off the bat, because how can't you when you're 10-3? and three, Holy smokes, this offense, Wags, is really starting to pick up. This offense is starting to, to look the way that we'd hoped it would look. And, um, I mean, it always starts with Aaron Rodgers, but – Devonte Adams as well. Devonte third straight hundred plus yard performance. I, I think that the announcers early in the game had indicated, hey, maybe Devonte is not a hundred percent healthy. I think he proved them wrong there in the second half. He looked so darn good. He looked explosive. Uh, that that deep touchdown right before half was vintage Devonte Adams. Perfect throw from Aaron Rodgers. Uh, there's a lot of credit to go around offensively, but uh, just right off the bat, let's highlight how good Devontae Adams was yesterday. It's what we would expect a star player to do. And then how great was Aaron Rodgers? He looked vintage Aaron Rodgers yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And Devontae, uh, you're absolutely right. 10, 10 catches, 121 yards, uh, 10 catches on 13 targets, by the way. So uh, that's Great work. Uh, you're, and, and I wasn't sure either. I know the uh, announcing team was playing mm-hmm. up that uh, Devante had the hamstring, uh, but we never really felt like it was significant uh, throughout the week. So uh, if they need to give him a little bit of extra rest here, I'm, I'm sure they will be doing that this week. But uh, he turned it on. He got it going, and, and he had another uh, vintage game. And then uh, absolutely Aaron Rodgers, uh, after a slow start for – him and, and really the whole offense in the first quarter just poured it on uh, four touchdowns and they were just moving the ball up and down the field from the second quarter on and it uh, didn't look like they could be stopped at all. So so really good performance from them. And then I, I, I also want to highlight, I know Aaron Jones got dinged up a little bit. Um, Coach LaFleur said that he was ready to go back in the game, but they just rode with uh, A.J. Dillon in that last drive. Um, I thought that last drive of the game uh, for the Packers was uh, really impressive. They just were in command, uh, moved the chains, and just moved right down the field, running the ball most of the time. Uh, so I know that we talked about wanting to get the running game going, and uh, I'm not sure exactly why they weren't able to do that earlier in the game, but uh, give them a ton of credit for closing because uh, we haven't necessarily had those finishing drives every game of the year when we've been in that position. And um, I thought they closed spectacularly. So give that offensive line and um, A.J. Dillon, uh, as well as as, as Aaron and Devontae on a couple short third down uh, receptions on that last drive as well. Uh, A ton of credit for for the work they did in that last drive and, and really finishing strong. Wags, you mentioned the offensive line. We've got to talk about this offensive line. Um, this is an O-line that going into the year, we were hoping at some point we'd see Bakhtiari, Elton Jenkins, Myers, uh, maybe Lucas Patrick, or Runyon at guard, Billy Turner at tackle. Um, right now, we have, you know, Bach is out, Jenkins is out, Myers is out, Billy Turner goes down, not clear how severe that injury is. And we're, you know, we're looking at Yash Nyman at left tackle. We're looking at Dennis Kelly at right tackle, um, you know, Royce Newman, fourth round draft pick at guard, John Runyon, second year guy, right guard, uh, and, and then Lucas Patrick, old reliable Lucas Patrick, who's been on this team a number of years, manning the center spot. Um, I say that because long-term it gives me nerves, but yesterday, I mean, 
really remarkable stuff. I thought from this offensive line, uh, I know that Akeem Nicks or uh, Akeem Hicks was out for the Bears, their best defensive lineman, but I don't care. This is a, a Bears defense that um, has been able to get after the quarterback. This is a Bears defense that, um, you know, for all the the things that they don't do well, they can they can cause some havoc up front at times. And I really thought the offensive line settled in there, especially in the second half. We saw that we saw the benefits of that, of course, as the score flipped. But uh, a credit across the board to a man, that offensive line. And Dennis Kelly, really the first real look we've seen of him in, in green and gold. And Wags, I know he got the holding penalty, but I was really encouraged by what Dennis was able to do in, in limited uh, in limited action so far this season. I mean, it's not going to get easier. And, uh, you know, we were hoping that a lot of these guys are able to come back and get healthy. However, for the time being, this is what we have. But if they play like they did the second half on Sunday, we're going to be okay until hopefully David Bakhtiari, hopefully Myers gets back and heck, maybe even Billy Turner. Yeah. Uh, and I know we were talking offline about reality of where they're at with this offensive line group and uh, glass half full is those guys could be coming back. Hopefully David sooner than later. Um, Sounds like Josh Myers is a little bit further behind, but could potentially is is working. Um, And um, some so far uh, hopeful news uh, regarding Billy Turner uh, and coach LaFleur saying that uh, he's hoping that they'll be, he'll be able to return. Um, And so, um, they're still doing their evaluation on Turner, so we'll see. Um, but there's only four games left, Dean. I mean, so we don't have now all of a sudden we've, we've been talking a long time about, well, when we get healthy, when we get these guys back and there's not much time left to get these guys back. And that doesn't mean that they can't get back and contribute for the stretch run. Uh, but you know, it's getting down to it is I think the reality. And, um, what makes me more nervous than anything else is when you're this thin, you know, now you're just crossing your fingers that you don't have any more injuries on top of what we've already suffered uh, because it's there's just not too much more you can take. Uh, I mean, literally, you're down to like basically your last couple of guys. So um, it, it's, it's tough. Uh, what I will say, though, is I haven't seen the pro football focus grades yet. Um, I know a lot of uh, folks like to look at those uh, as a grading individual player performance. and uh, But I really like what we've seen from those three interior guys, especially. Uh, and I, I give this whole offensive line unit a lot of credit. But uh, Lucas Patrick and John Runyon Jr., I think have been playing really good football. And I think Royce Newman, the last couple of weeks, has been playing his best football of his career. Uh, yesterday, I thought he might have had the best game uh, of his career. Uh, so we're seeing growth and development of some of these young guys uh, in the interior. And if those guys can hold up, uh, that makes such a difference. It's, it's You always worry about the edge guys uh, because you're, you're protecting Aaron's blind side. But if you can prevent your opposing defensive line from getting pressure up the middle, uh, that's really where things can break down uh, a lot more consistently uh, for uh, an offense or a defense. So um, I, I just, while I'm not feeling super comfortable about the fact that we're that banged up on the offensive line, uh, I I do want to highlight the growth and development that these guys have had. And Yash Naiman too, uh, he's in that group. Uh, look at what he's been able to accomplish. They're not, you know, putting Mercedes Lewis out there to chip block uh, and holding in a running back every time now, like they they did for his first couple of starts. They've got enough confidence in him on the outside uh, that they're let, they're leaving him out there on his own uh, on many of these plays. So um, the health is definitely a super super high concern. Uh, but at the same time, I do want to give these guys a lot of credit for the performance that they've had um, and the improvement and development that they're continuing to make with the opportunities that they've been given. So, Dane, I think a couple of other injuries that were notable. Let's talk a little bit about special teams right up front before we uh, get into anything else. Uh, Malik Taylor uh, gets hurt. Uh, Dominique Daphne gets hurt. And um, 
uh, EQ gets hurt. And those are three core special teams contributors. So not making any excuses because most of the breakdowns that happened were in the first half and those guys were still out there um, when when those plays happened on special teams, uh, particularly in the coverage units. Uh, but it, it's it's mind-boggling to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm almost speechless. I don't know what to say. Um, is it coaching? Is it you know execution, a combination, all of the above? Uh, but it seems like we're regressing on special teams and it's got to start with the coaching staff. I think they've, they've got to be accountable. I know it's easy to just say, well, fired a special teams coordinator folks. That's not going to happen in the middle of the season, but we got to have some answers. So what's your reaction? Where do we go? You know, I mean, there's so much to unpack when it came to the special teams last night. Should we just go through some of the you know situations one by one and just, you know, try to, figure out what, where we go from here. Wags, it's never good when I have to keep track of all of the problems with special teams in one game. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I, I'm thinking back to some of the miscues. I, um, I, I think that punt coverage yesterday was particularly bad. I, I also think that Bajorquez didn't necessarily have his best game as a punter for, for the Packers. I think he kind of outkicked his coverage a little bit on that uh, on that first punt, but um, Wags, I just feel like, and I know you went back and watched some of the the uh, special teams plays again today, uh, so you get a gold star for that. I couldn't stomach it. Um, it seems like a lot of guys are not in their lanes, uh, and it seems like there's a lot of over pursuit as well. Saw that on one of the returns. Uh, I think it was on the punt return for a touchdown a little bit later in the game. Uh, where where the 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 return man you know started up field the Packers seemed to have a little bit of contain and then he just bounced it outside and there was nobody there and there's no answer and then when it became a foot race it's just too late so um you know it just it was a really frustrating performance but starting off at least on the punt coverage every time the ball left our punter's foot yesterday I was nervous that there was going to be a touchdown that's a problem. Uh, and especially, you know, you're playing the Bears, it's one thing. But when you start playing real, you know, playoff caliber football teams, you can't have those miscues. You can't give up 200-plus yards of special teams yardage against Tom Brady and the Buccaneers or the Arizona Cardinals or the Rams. You're not going to win those kind of football games if you're doing that. So I don't have answers, but um, it's it's very, very concerning that this phase of the game is a problem yet again this year. This is nothing new. This is something that we've had some problems with for the last couple of years as well. Yeah, well, the second half, one way to get rid of the problem is you don't ever have to punt because your offense goes out and scores points every time. <laughs> so that solved that issue. Um, I don't know if it's actually solving the problem, but it avoided <laughs> <laughs> the problem, I guess, is one way of looking at it. But, yeah, I mean, one of the things I noticed is we we seem to have not only bad angles, but we weren't really getting downfield very well. So the last kickoff after Packers scored Devontae's long touchdown right before the half, about 45 seconds before the half, and Herbert – Bought it out once again, about out to the 42-yard line or so uh, on the return. That was one of the plays I watched. And uh, take this for a, with a grain of salt because I'm I'm using the, the TV broadcast angle. That being said, he fielded it at the goal line. And the first player down the field that came into my camera angle was Tyler Davis. And – not taking anything away from Tyler Davis, but he shouldn't be the fastest guy down the field, should he, Dane? Um, no, I mean, that's a concern. I mean, we love Tyler, but he's a tight end, right? We, we yeah. need to have somebody down there, not number 84. And he and Malik Taylor were the only two on the coverage unit that uh, even broke the 20-yard line before Herbert got to the 20. So Herbert got all the way to the 20-yard line before us, before – eight other Packers, I'm not even going to count Crosby on the coverage unit. Um, got, got, they didn't even get to get to the 20 before Herbert got there. So uh, normally, you know, you've got guys that are, you'd like to see guys get down to 
about the uh, 15 yard line or so um, where they can kind of start to break down the play and hopefully bring them down around the 20, 25 yard line at worst. Uh, But you only got two guys breaking the 20 and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and on that side, I don't want to name names, but on that side, Kevin King is the gunner on the side that Herbert Herbert returned it to you. He didn't even break the 25 and he, he got too far inside on his lane. And I believe the other guy on that side was, was EQ. Uh, And EQ has been a pretty good special teams player, but he was really struggling last night. And it looked like on punt coverage, especially they had two guys lined up against him and they were just completely destroying EQ uh, he was getting flushed out of a lot of plays, and that was um, uh, breaking some contain as well. Uh, so, I, you know, I don't mean to call out, you know, a couple of guys individually uh, because it's it's the whole special teams unit uh, as, a, as a team. But, uh, you know, we've got to get more speed out there. And if that means that we need some some other guys that are, are not normally contributing as much to special teams coverage units at this point. It sounds like Coach LaFleur is ready to do that because uh, we're just not getting, you know, and, and that's a little bit of an effort thing too, which is a concern because mm-hmm. I, I just don't understand uh, how, again, Tyler Davis is the first one in our in the camera angle. Uh, that shouldn't be happening. Uh, those other guys Wait. need to get downfield faster than that. Do you, do you think it is, uh, you mentioned it, I'm curious. So you think it's a bit of a speed issue? Um, do you, do you, because that's a hard one to rectify, right? Uh, unless perhaps we do have guys down there. I mean, we've seen them dabble at different times this season with, um, with uh, Razul Douglas, who now seems to be becoming irreplaceable on the defensive side of the ball with how great he's been playing. Um, Alan Lazard, a guy who has asked to play special teams at times this year when there's been breakdowns. We've seen Shandon Sullivan on kick coverage a number of times as needed after breakdowns have occurred. Um, so um, I, I'm all about stopping the bleeding on special teams, but also we're talking about guys that are kind of like top tier players uh, on this team or guys that are helping make the engine move. So um, do you think it's a speed issue? Do you think it, do you think it's a, a passion issue or is it kind of an all of the above situation? It's a closing speed issue. And I think there's some of those guys haven't necessarily played as much special teams. I'm not sure Kevin King has been on special teams coverage mm-hmm. uh, that much in the last couple of years. So this, and, and Kevin King is for all his faults, a pretty sure tackler that yeah. said, he's not an attacking tackler uh normally when he makes his open field tackles on defense he's you know breaking down in front of the uh, receiver or running back and he's kind of uh, you know making sure that he he meets them halfway he's not necessarily moving downhill and uh and and attacking uh that player and that's what you need on special teams you can't be moving downfield. So it's not just about the straight line speed. Um, It's about when you get down and you're in your angle, you need to close. Um, And on the punt return uh, for the touchdown, Oren Burks was trying to do that. He attacked, but, and I froze, I I wish I could put the picture up. I froze, I freeze framed the, the TV. Packers had six guys within, you know, a five yard radius of Grant when he kind of stutter stepped kind of brushed to the side of Oren Burks, but those other five guys can't be waiting. They were mm-hmm. watching Oren Burks try to make the play and they need to be continue to close. Uh, and so that's, that's a little bit more of a mentality. Uh, that's, that's not necessarily about uh, an instincts. Uh, that's not necessarily about just how fast they get down the field. So, um, so I don't know what you do if it's, it, it, it was surprising to me, listening to Coach LaFour, and I know he's not going to throw Coach Straighton under the bus, um, especially right, right now. Uh, but he seemed to be a little bit more candidly frustrated with the execution than he was with the scheme. And mm-hmm. and going back and watching, I can see why. <laughs> so uh, now part of coaching is getting the right guys out there, getting them in the right mindset, and having them ready to go out and execute. Uh, so I, I, you know, I'm not absolving that part of it, but you know, there's, there's some things there that are, are really concerning. And, and frankly, 
if if those are the guys that are needing to contribute on special teams, if they don't have the right uh, mentality or the right approach, you know, they're not going to be long for this team. I mean, I'm not saying right now in the middle of the season, but you've got to be able to understand what your role is and go out there and make the most of those opportunities. So I'm I'm a little disappointed uh, that uh, we've got some guys out there that were being called in to contribute on special teams, and it didn't seem like they were prepared to put in the effort or, um, or you know, I – I hate to call out effort, but that's just what it is what it is. Uh, again, when Tyler Davis and Warren Burks are the first two guys down the field um, on a lot of these coverage units, those guys play hard too, but they those aren't your your burners. So they, they shouldn't necessarily be the first ones that are in your picture. Yeah, I hear you. I, I really do. Um, is it time to put the Amari Rogers experiment to bed, at least for the time being, at punt returner? Um, I'm not ready to call the man a bust. I'm not there uh, by any stretch. I think he could be long-term a player for this team. However, um, I have very real concerns about him back there fielding punts. He doesn't look comfortable. He missed a tackle as well on special teams yesterday. Just not another, uh, string of, you know, bad games really from Amari. And I don't want to call guys out, but we saw it happen. He got bailed out by a call that, you know, by, by the refs really. I thought yesterday that ball went right off his face mask. I mean, that's like peewee football stuff. It's just, it's frustrating because I want him to do well, but. Is it time to to try to find somebody else who can just catch the ball at this point back there? Yeah, um, on that play, you're right, because he did muff it, and they were very fortunate. Who else but Razul Douglas was the one baiting uh, the gunner <laughs> out of bounds by kind of just guiding, but like leaving his hands back so mm. the refs could see that he wasn't getting blocked out of bounds. Uh, and so, you know, good heads up play by Razul Douglas, and boy, oh boy, am I glad that it happened uh, because that would have been an interesting finish uh, if the Bears uh, yeah. would have been able to to hang on to the ball. I mean, I think it would have been a pretty tall order for the defense to go out there and keep them out of the end zone considering they would have had the ball on what, like the eight-yard line? Yeah, right. So, you know, that's uh, that's that's just can't happen. So, yes, Dane, I, I am because this is not – a one game issue. This has been a season long issue. And my question is who then, you know, I'm not saying we don't have someone else to return punts. Cobb's hurt. So he would have been the obvious one. Um, Even he fumbled one though, uh, Mm -hmm. when he had opportunity, but I still trust him a lot more. I, I, I guess Shannon Sullivan, maybe. I, maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah. Is there someone else you have in mind? But um, that's kind of where I question a little bit the coaching uh, of Coach Drayton because I'm all for, you know, trying to build the confidence of the young guy. And, mm-hmm. and he's he's got some, some talent. I, he, he's been able to have some decent returns. He seems to be lacking confidence in fielding the ball, though. And that's the most important part of the job. Right. So, uh, yeah. Uh, but who, who, who do you think is, is the other options that we have at this point? Uh, I mean, that's, that's, that's kind of the, the great question there. I think Malik Taylor seems to be more of a kick returner than he does a punt returner uh, when healthy. Um, this team has shown, I, I think over the last couple of years, the front office has shown that they're not afraid to tinker. Uh, with the the bottom end of the roster, especially even late in the year, doesn't seem to matter with them. Um, I don't think Tyler Urban is uh, on a roster right now. He's a guy who came in that uh, we had a lot of trust in. I thought the last couple of years, once he was able to come in and and join the club, um, you know, I I don't know what he's up to. I don't know if he's in game shape, you know, right? But I know he can catch a football. Um, and he's somebody that we know. And, you know, I, I, I just got to wonder, Wags, talking out loud, um, if Goody and the front office isn't kind of just looking around right now, checking uh, practice squads, checking to see what's going on, just to see if there can be some kind of upgrade at that spot. Uh, just somebody who's maybe a little bit more sure-handed than what we're seeing right now. Because I think at this point, Wags, we're not looking for somebody to take it to the house like Desmond Howard. I think we're looking for somebody to fair catch a football, and we know that Aaron Rodgers in this offense is going to get a shot 
And that's really what I'm looking for at this point. I'm not asking for very much. Yeah. And you know, it's a problem when Devontae Adams comments on it, like right. that he's going to go and, and help return punts. And it's like, you know, obviously they're not going to put Devontae Adams back there, but you know, these guys understand that you, you can't have these issues. And so clearly everyone understands that they need to improve in the special teams, but uh, there's not a lot of answers. I don't think in terms of yeah. who you have, you talk about speed issue, who else you, I mean, a lot of the injuries that the Packers have, um, are to, to guys that would normally be contributing on special teams, but we've got to get other guys ready to go. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I'm sure the front office looking around. They I'm have not to. sure how many guys this time of year you're going to really know what you have because you can bring someone else in off of another practice squad. It may or may not work. Mm-hmm. And if they can do that, they will. But you don't really know until you put them out there on the field on Sunday and with the conditions at Lambeau, it's sort of a roll of the dice. uh, If you have someone that's never done it before. So um, it's tough. Uh, I think Tyler Irvin, he might be the best, best answer, but you're right. I I have no idea if the guy even is interested in playing football right now. We have, we have no, we have no clue. So um, yeah. Wags, I, I said it partially in jest last night on our Twitter, but Trevon Williams, can he sit back there for the playoffs and field punts? I, I mean, they the team loves him. They brought him back for the playoffs last year. Listen, <laughs> you call, right? I yeah. think Tremont, I think Tremont's probably done, but maybe, maybe they can he, twist his arm. Who knows? He can uh, catch you know, it. Devontae, Aaron, get everyone on the horn. Uh, I, I mean, I, I get the sense that Tremont probably at peace with, with being done. Mm. But, yeah, not a bad option. <laughs> it's I not. Uh, you could do worse, that's for sure. So, yeah. um, all right. Well, Dane, any other thoughts on special teams? I guess the one other thing is the hands team. That was another almost – I mean <laughs> – the Bears weren't going to come back and, and even tie this game. It wasn't going to happen, but even still, that was just the cherry on top with the cherry on top with the cherry. Um, and, I mean, what can you even say? It's just giving me nightmares even thinking about it because that can't happen. Nobody reta- nobody uh, uh, recovers onside kicks anymore. And we're getting to the point of the year where, you know, in a playoff situation – Right. We, it was, and it wasn't even close. Uh, the Bears easily recovered that. So, uh, man, that's that's just, I don't even know what to say. We've we we had a Super Bowl taken away from us. We're not going to talk about that. But mm-hmm. um, the hands team, they got to go out there. And I mean, that's that just is inexcusable. Wait, Wags. I mean, and I don't want to beat a dead horse, but I mean. Um... 97-yard punt return for a touchdown allowed, 34-yard punt return allowed, 42-yard kick return allowed, 40-yard kick return allowed, kickoff out of bounds, muffing a kickoff headed out of bounds to give your offense a start at its own five-yard line. That's the first half of the Packers from uh, Matt Schneidman, the uh, Packer, one of the Packer beat writers. That's the first half. That's not even the muff from Amari Rogers. That's not even the onside kick. I mean, that's that's en- that's enough mistakes for two seasons of special teams, and it happened in a half of football. That's, yeah. I guess, the, the heart of the problem for us. And I know we're ten and three, but great teams can't make those mistakes when the conditions get bad. And that's, I yeah. think, just both of our concern. Yeah, like I was, I said after the game, all we needed was for the Bears take a, a punter field goal and uh, block a punt, and they would have hit every single possible <laughs> special teams mark, uh, you know, in the book. And I mean, so I don't know. Uh, it's, 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 it's very frustrating as I mean, um, that said the Packers won by 15 points and That's it right. wasn't even really that close, especially in the second half. Uh, you know, we just basically completely dominated second half. 
uh, one, I, I was partly joking, but it's true. One way to uh, avoid having more special teams issues is to never have to punt. Um, <laughs> so uh, um, I, let's talk a little bit about the offense again. Yeah. We can swing back to that. Uh, we, we were singing their praises. And I think um, one thing that I want to ask about, and, and it's almost like this was a game coming out of it, Dane, that for as much as we won by and dominated second half, um, it almost felt like a loss as frustrated and exasperated as, as, as I was at times. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't have the, oh my gosh, we just lost it a bearish feeling, but it was more just what the heck happened out there. So the offense played exceptional football mm-hmm. for the last three quarters. What is it about this offense that they seem to be starting slow and putting ourselves in a hole, uh, a lot of games this year, because uh, we're down. 10 nothing early yeah. in the second quarter and first two offensive series one was a three and out and one i think we got one first down and had to punt so it just didn't seem like we had our rhythm and i mean those are supposed to be the quote-unquote scripted and planned out plays that you scout for all week and it seems like we've we've been it's not just this game it seems like we've been starting slow all season. So, um, you know, I don't want to take any credit away from the bears, but uh, was there anything that you're seeing out there that stood out is, is any, it doesn't really make sense for as much as they dominated the last three quarters that they were unable to, to move the football in the first quarter. It doesn't make sense. Uh, especially, I mean, I feel like the last season, the Packers were so good for the, the, those first scripted plays, this historically good offense. This year, the Packers, you know, finish very strong, which don't get me wrong, I'll take finishing strong all day, but uh, it is kind of a, a head scratcher. Um, I thought the first series, I was pretty shocked that they decided to just uh, have Rodgers drop back and throw it three times to start the game, especially with the Keem uh, Hicks out. Uh, to, you know, he's there, he's their all world defensive tackle. He's not in there. I expected the Packers to run the ball early and kind of set the tone that way. Um, you know, first down, first play of the game, I think it's a six yard gain. It's like, oh, here we go. And then, uh, you know, the sack happens and that pretty much blows up that, that first quarter or excuse me, that first series. Um, I've noticed too, Yash Nyman, um, he, the last couple of games that he's been called upon, um, it takes him a, a couple snaps to settle in. I've noticed that uh, the last couple starts, I should say, for him. And by by the second half of, of the games he's played, he's played exceptionally well. Um, but, you know, early on yesterday, he had some trouble with Quinn around the edge. It just looked like he was faster. Uh, but Yash settled in, kind of got his feet under him and played a little bit better football. So um, I'm not sure if I have a great answer for you, but I will say that um, I do think play selection has something to do with it. And I was just particularly surprised yesterday they would start with the throws. Um, you know, I, I, I really thought we would set the tone early with the run and mix it in. Of course, we, we finished that way, and uh, we were giving A.J. Dillon the ball. We were feeding him that ball in the fourth quarter, which he just absolutely loved to see. Um, but um, I, I thought that we would see ball getting out of Aaron's hands a little bit faster early in the game. Um, and, and maybe it was the Packers feeling out the Chicago Bears defense, seeing, you know, what was going to work wasn't what wasn't going to work early on in the game. Uh, but um, historically, the Packers have been a little flat coming out of the bye under Lafleur's tenure as well. So coming out of the bye, I thought they were a little flat and then they really picked it up, kicked it in gear a little bit later in the game. Um, but um, a little bit frustrating start there. And uh, of course, I'd like to run the ball a little bit more. Uh, but, um, you know, they, they got it figured out, but um, just an odd occurrence that they haven't been able to um, get those fast starts that I think that we had come to be accustomed to last season. Yeah. I wonder if like you mentioned rhythm like, or getting settled in yeah. with Josh and Iman, but just in the offense as a whole, I almost wonder if, you know, this is a, a slow tempo offense. And so this year, uh, it's not necessarily something that's been the case historically. Um, do you think maybe it would behoove the Packers? And I, I don't expect them to come start doing this just because I'm suggesting, but um, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind seeing them go a little bit more up tempo in that first mm-hmm. series or two. And you've got your game plan and you've got, you know, basically 
10 to 15 plays that you know that you kind of would like to work in in the first series or two. Uh, and Rodgers knows what they are. And Hackett knows what they are. And LaFleur knows what they are. The whole offense knows what those are. So to me, it's less important uh, that Coach LaFleur's calling the plays, going back to the huddle, especially in that first series. Um, I, I I just wonder if maybe if they went a little bit more up-tempo in the first series uh, with that game plan to set the tone and then get that rhythm and allow these guys to settle in more quickly, that could help this offense mm. uh, to kind of get going a little bit better early on. Um, this isn't a high-pace uh, offense. Uh, Rodgers likes to use the play clock. Um, they huddle up, and, and they just don't really – move very quickly uh so which was fine but Mm -hmm. once you get into the last drive of the game uh the packers have been really good in the fourth quarter most of this season uh and were fantastic in the second half and in the fourth quarter yesterday uh but um i I don't know sometimes just doing a little tweak like that uh is it necessary probably not it's it's more about just going out there executing from that Mm -hmm. first series uh, and that takes care of it. Um, But at the same time, when you've got some young guys up front, maybe some of those jitters um, you're right. Running the football can help a little bit with that to help them to like be pushing forward, moving downhill. Um, I think that can, can help them settle in a little bit better too. So, uh, so I don't know if some of those are some checks that Aaron's making at the line and that's why they're throwing. Um, the first three plays, uh, but there was a few other times that that happened mm-hmm. too. Um, before they scored their first touchdown, they had second and goal from the two, and they had to go to fourth down to get the touchdown. And they threw three straight times on second, third, and fourth down. Right. You know, you're you're at the two yard line. You would think one of those plays you would try to hand the ball to AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones, and punch it in. Um, I'm not saying it would have worked for sure, but those are the types of situations where uh, I'm not sure if it's all what they're calling or if, if it's something that Aaron's seeing at the line of scrimmage where they've got, you know, some RPOs dialed up and and he's going with the pass, um, which he's obviously tremendously successful at. It just limits the uh, percentages, I think, in some of those situations. Well, I, I, and I, going back to your point, you know, with, with running the ball and kind of running downhill to start the game, I felt like the first quarter, Chicago out physical the Packers in the trenches on both sides of the ball. Um, and, and I think that, you know, you talk to an offensive lineman, they love running the ball. They, they can pin their ears back. It's, it's oftentimes mano a mano. Um, you know, who's going to out physical the other guy across from them type of football, smash mouth football. Um, I'll tell you what, it's the lineup that the Packers currently have at offensive line, should they play, you know, on Sunday, the way that they ended uh, this past Sunday, that's a running offensive line, if I've seen one. Uh, those guards, uh, you said the, the, the three guys in the interior, how good they've been. Don't tell me Lucas Patrick doesn't want to run that football. Uh, and, and Dennis Kelly, I think, is a guy who the Packers can have some success running the ball with. As good as David Bakhtiari is, um, you know, he oftentimes, and he's great at all of it, but he's a fantastic left tackle passing the ball, protecting for Aaron's blind side. I think, and I'm curious if this Packers offense is going to make any adjustments going forward with the guys that they have, then maybe you do run the ball a little bit more because um, say what you will. I, I know we've got a lot of guys that aren't uh, our starters, but this is a physical front five that the Packers have right now. And these guys are going to go and, and punch guys uh, across from in the mouth. So I'm, I'll be curious to see going forward if the Packers try to set the tone running the ball a little bit with the guys that they have. Because I just I look at Kelly and Runyon and, and Lucas Patrick on that right side, and I just go, man, those guys want to run the ball. So curious yeah. to see what happens going forward there. I agree. And I mean, you look at the first half, uh, they passed the ball 21 times and, and ran the ball six times. That's that's not the ratio I think they're looking for. Right. Um, and by the way, Aaron Jones got most of his carries in that first half and he looked darn good. It was like he was getting 10 yards every time they <laughs> gave it to him. So, you, you know, go figure. I, I just didn't really quite understand what what the rationale for that was. Um, obviously, in the second half, once they were able to get a lead, 
uh, they were able to run the ball some more as well. But I, I felt like the first series coming out of halftime, they really set the tone. And, and mm-hmm. that that goes back to what you said earlier. You felt like they would set the tone running the ball from the start of the game. Why wasn't that the case? Because if they would have used that same approach that they do the first series of the second half to the start of the game, <laughs> I, I feel like they would have had more success right off the bat. And listen, I'm not complaining about the offensive output. They, they <laughs> yeah, put up 38 right. points. Uh, they had a great game. We're, 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 we're maybe picking nits. We're but, so fortunate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, it's almost like our expectations are so high because of that. It, it, it doesn't make sense that they aren't able to start off these games better than they have been able to. And so that's all is we're going to play better teams um, uh, clearly uh, than the bears. And uh, so we're going to need to make sure that we put, four good quarters together and not two. Uh, most teams, you can't play two good quarters and win a football game uh, in the NFL. Wags, uh, I thought one of going back to Aaron Rodgers and how successful he was, though, in the second half throwing the ball, I thought he was uh, finding his receivers incredibly well yesterday. Uh, he He's at his best when he uh, is diverse in the portfolio with which he uses the all the weapons that he has in front of him. And of course, Devontae got his, but Alan Lazard, I thought, played really good football yesterday. Aaron Jones had that tremendous catch on that throw that Aaron had that I don't know how he made that throw the way he did. Mercedes Lewis ended up with over 50 yards with the, the most yards receiving this season for him. So I was really eager and excited to see him kind of him being Aaron spread the ball around into Guara as well, continues to work himself in there. So it's fun to see an emergence there. And you really know this Packers offense is clicking, not just when Devontae's eating, but when a lot of other guys are getting their hands on the ball and doing something with it. And uh, I think that was a testament to Aaron Rodgers seeing the field really well yesterday. Yeah. Um, we saw him a number of times uh, scan the entire field. Uh, one of those plays was to Mercedes Lewis. He starts out looking all the way to his right, turns all the way middle and left uh, before turning back to the middle and doing a, a flick to Mercedes, I think, for a 20-yard tw- gain. And, I mean, how many qu- quarterbacks in this league can do that? Uh, so what, what he was doing was spectacular uh, once – they got everything dialed in and uh, you can't ask for a much better performance uh, from the second quarter on from this offense for sure. Well, I mean, Aaron Rodgers has owned them his entire life. So uh, no surprise there. <laughs> Absolutely. So um, looking at the defensive side, another week, another impact performance from Rasul Douglas with the pick six. And I, I, I don't know. I have to start there. Um, what well, wait, do we have a oh, sponsor yeah. we need to talk about before we uh, talk about our defense? I think that's a good idea. Let's take a quick break and, and talk about DraftKings, uh, official sports betting partner of the NFL. And Dane, by the fact that you reminded me, not just because it's the right thing to do, I'm guessing you have some exciting reports uh, from this week uh, with DraftKings. My wife, Andrea, had Aaron Jones going. I told her, go with A.J. Dillon. She said, nope, Aaron Jones is going to be the one to get in the end zone, and he sure as heck did. Uh, So she's having a great week. She's had a couple down weeks. Not this week. She's doing really well. Uh, Again, those of you that haven't heard before, my wife, Andrea, had never used DraftKings Sportsbook until this awesome promotion. She used the promo code TP. P-N, again, T-P-P-N. And ever since she used that promo code, she received some money. She put money down. She received some money back. She's been winning, Lance. She's been winning. She's been winning more often than not. She's been picking the right Packers more often than not. So the only thing better than being 10-3 and as a Packer fan is 10-3 and and winning a little bit on DraftKings thanks to some of those Packers outputs. Well, I I just want to say it's a good thing Andrea's making the selections and not you, judging by your fantasy football record. Uh, so um, I think uh, for the sake of, of the Verici household and their winnings on DraftKings, uh, that is the right strategy. So, folks, Absolutely. Um, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN 
Bet $1 on any team to score, and you can win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPM this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older to New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so Dane, now we can talk about the defense and uh, Rasul Douglas and the rest of these guys and uh, Rasul Douglas with another pick six. <laughs> what can you say? Uh, I don't know. And, 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 you know, and he was making, uh, you know, uh, other pass breakups. Looked like he almost uh, was just a split second late on uh, potentially getting another interception in the fourth quarter. Uh, but uh, it wasn't just Rasul Douglas. Uh, Devondre Campbell. Our other uh, big newcomer to this defense, uh, my goodness, did he rack up the tackles all over the field last night. So uh, those are the two guys that I think are the headliners. Preston Smith thought he had another really solid performance <laughs> as well. Um, so, you know, it's just you go on down the line. It wasn't the best game from the defense considering, you know, they were gave up a couple of big plays in the first half. And uh, I thought that, uh, they brought, lost contain a little bit, mm-hmm. uh, and Fields was able to hurt them uh, with his legs a little bit more than I would have liked to seen. But um, you know, overall, uh, it was a you know a pretty solid performance, and in the second half, just basically completely shut him down. Wags, uh, Eric Stokes, Razul Douglas, and Shannon Sullivan—they were targeted ten times according to Pro Football Focus. Allowed just one completion. They had two picks. Um, Holy crap, right? Uh, the, the long touchdowns were kind of these manufactured five or so yard passes by Fields, and then, you know, they were able to take it to the house. Um, but I thought that as Fields tried to throw the ball downfield, he just wasn't having success against our top three guys. And, and uh, I mean, just it, it's, it's almost unheard of in this day and age in the NFL. With, the, with how it's so tilted for the offense, for defensive backs to pl- put on such a dominating performance. I thought that they played so well. Uh, it's a pleasure to watch Razul Douglas break on a football. He's not the fastest guy on the field, um, but he's somebody who studies the game second to none. He's out there, or he's a, you know, he's got a guy who's notorious for watching tape, staying super late at Lambeau Field. Uh, I think one of the coaches says he must not have a girlfriend because he's always at Lambeau studying tape. Um, but that's what you've got to do if you're going to be a guy who gets signed off a practice squad, if you want to stick. And he sees an opportunity and he's seizing it. Defensive player of the week last week, again, with another pick six, six this week, just has a nose for the football. Um, he he um, uses his hands so well uh, on opposing wide receivers. Eric Stokes got a lot of praise from uh, from the uh, announcers yesterday, talking about his speed and how good he was. But um, you know, one of the best things that can happen if you're a corner is you don't even realize they're out on the field. And about in the fourth quarter, I saw Stokes running down the field, and I was like, man, I haven't really seen him much today. That's a good thing. Uh, I mean, Fields just didn't even want to go Stokes' way, I don't think, most of the way. And then Shandon Sullivan, uh, with that uh, near end of the game interception, I thought played another really good performance in the slot there. So I think it really starts with our corners there and how good they played. And uh, noteworthy, Kevin King only getting three snaps yesterday. I don't know if he's on a snap count, or I don't know if the coaching staff has decided that this is the the core three to go with until Jair Alexander is back. I think you're right. And uh, I think yeah, that they're we, correct. We, we, yeah, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but we talked no. about that going into the game. What role would he have? It turned out we didn't need to talk about it that much because uh, I think it's pretty clear uh, that the other guys have outperformed him and they're more reliable because yeah. uh, they're they're available. And availability is a skill in this league. And uh, Kevin King just is not available uh, enough. Right? You know, he had a couple decent games when he came back from the previous injury and then he got hurt again right away. So, um, you know, uh, with opportunity, uh, they it kind of snowballed. And uh, they, uh, obviously the biggest recipient uh, or benefactor from that has been Rasul Douglas. Yeah. And boy, has that been a boon for this defense. So give them a ton of credit. Uh, Preston Smith, uh, who I, I thought I mentioned earlier, had a good game. Three quarterback hits, a sack, and a forced fumble. Uh, so 
uh, another week, uh, another day at the office for Preston uh, continues to have a fine season. And uh, I didn't have the exact number, but 16 total tackles for Devonte Campbell. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe I heard one of our beat reporters say most tackles from a Packer defensive player in a single game are in 20 years. So um, just a couple of outstanding performances. And yeah, I know the bears, when you look at the scoreboard, they have 30 points, but considering uh, a punt return for a touchdown and um, you know, some of the other returns and the field position that they had for the entire first half. Uh, I don't know how much of that you can really put on the defense anyway. Wags, um, you know, you talk about Devondre Campbell. Um, one of the criticisms I think we had in past years uh, with Blake Martinez when he was in Green Bay was, uh, you know, he made a lot of tackles, but they weren't they're a few yards downfield, right? All of that. Devondre had, I think, five or six of those tackles were within two yards of the line of scrimmage. So, I mean, that that's the difference right there. Um, there are guys in this league that can rack up tackles, um, but there are guys in this league that can rack up tackles and they can make an absolute impact and make stops. And that's what Devondre Campbell has brought to this defense. Uh, I think we had wondered out loud for a number of years, how good could this defense be with an inside linebacker that just fits what they're doing. Um, Barry, Coach Barry comes in. He's got a pedigree uh, working with inside linebackers, finds the guy that he wanted. Packers were able to land him on a very reasonable deal. And now Devondre Campbell is just thriving in Green Bay. He's tough as nails. Uh, He's flying all over the place. He's making hits. Um, I just, I can't say enough about how good he's been. And uh, talk about you add he and Razul Douglas. Think of where this defense is if Goody doesn't go out and get these two very low-cost veteran players that other teams deemed not good enough to even make their roster. That is so much credit to Goody and this front office to bring these guys in. And now these are these are guys that are actually, you can point directly to reasons why this Packers defense is as good as they are and why we're winning football games is the output of these two performers. Yeah, for sure. Dane, are you a little bit just um, kind of on the flip side? Um, you a little bit concerned that this Packers defense seems to be giving up more big plays in the last three, four games. I'm surprised by it, um, especially with the the talent at safety. It just doesn't feel like an Adrian Amos <laughs> defensive backfield um, because you know he's a guy who I think often can mitigate a lot of the those big plays. Um, I am surprised, and and yesterday's particularly surprised because. Um, they weren't the most, I didn't think, the most intelligently drawn up offensive plays by the Bears. Um, you know, a receiver catches the ball and just kind of runs away from everybody. So a little surprised uh, about that because I think uh, the only person more surprised maybe than the Packers defense uh, on, on that long touchdown was um, the Bears offensive coordinator for calling it because I just don't think that that's how that was drawn up. So a little surprise there, Wags. And uh, I don't know if I have a good answer as to why it's happening. Um, there, There is some one-on-one coverage that's happening. I think that the Packers are allowing uh, some of our guys to get out there on an island a little bit. And sometimes you get burned when that happens. Yeah. On that particular play, now I, I obviously have no idea exactly whose job it was to be in, in which zone, but mm-hmm. Um, Darnell Savage completely vacated uh, the uh, right back uh, portion of the defense Mm -hmm. on that play. And he was shooting up fast to cover uh, Montgomery, David Montgomery in the flat. Uh, What the, the, it was basically uh, the bears ran uh, basically a couple of simple cross patterns over the middle. Uh, and one of them was from the guy lined up in the backfield. Another was a wide receiver in the slot, and uh, Montgomery uh, flashed out into the flat. Uh, so I don't think Savage would be shooting up to cover the flat that fast. I mean, he flew up to cover the flat. So I, 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 I have a feeling he was supposed to do that, and whoever – was lined up on the boundary, uh, whether that was Kevin King or Chandon Sullivan, needed to be the one rotating back to where Savage was. Now, I'm not sure exactly why they wouldn't have just had King or Sullivan cover the flat when they were already lined up closer to the line of scrimmage to begin with. Um, So that was puzzling to me because I had to watch that play too when I went back and punished myself and watched some (laughs) of the special teams plays. I wanted to see what happened. I still don't know exactly what that call was because 
Yeah, well, maybe Darnell Savage, that was his responsibility, but it it's it just doesn't make sense. Um, and uh, because from where they were lined up, um, he should have been right there. Uh, and Devondre Campbell didn't get the best depth. He kind of came up and, and did a, a show blitz, uh, and he just didn't get get enough depth quickly enough. Uh, and the Bears uh, receiver, obviously you could see by the time he – got back and tried to get the depth, uh, he was already uh, well beat. So um, I, I don't know. Uh, it seems like that's something that's been happening a few times where um, I'm not sure if it's just a miscommunication, mm-hmm. um, if guys just didn't know what their responsibilities were on that particular play, uh, or someone was making the wrong read. But, um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't it wasn't something that, uh, I think the play was designed to go for 50 <laughs> yards uh, on that particular pass. It was the, the Packers' defense just completely, you know, missing their assignment somewhere along the line. That's good insight. Um, that's good insight. You mentioned Preston Smith. Um, I he hit a huge incentive yesterday in his deal. If folks remember, he took a big pay cut going into this year um, to stay in Green Bay, uh, pretty incentive laden um, for six sacks. That's 500 grand. So excited to see Preston. What I want to see Wags is uh, he has more incentives to come. If he hits, uh, if he hits 10 sacks, that's another $750,000. But what I'd really like to see is I'd love to see the Packers pay out another 1.2 million because that means he's got 12 or 14 sacks. And uh, (laughs) I'd be really into that. I think the Packers would gladly fork over that extra cash if Preston's able to get that. I know that the uh, the regular season's ending soon, but hopefully that also plays a role in the playoffs for Preston. But I mean, um, what more can we say about how good Preston Smith has been this year? It sounds like at halftime as well, uh, the defense, they gave him the floor and he's the guy that kind of rallied the troops going into the second half. Uh, speaks a lot about his leadership off the field as well as what he's doing on the field, that Preston was the guy doing that. Um, and an interesting role for him because I feel like in seasons past, Wags, uh, it would probably have been Zadaria Smith kind of rallying the guys. And now we're seeing Preston Smith kind of come into his own uh, as a leader off the field. And he's playing at that 2019 level as well. So just a huge credit to him. And I think this coaching staff as well, they're putting Preston Smith in the best position he can be in to make an impact for this defense. And he's uh, he's proving to be as good as we you know expected him to be. All right. I agree. Uh, so Dane, I think, Let's let's get to the end here and, and get to our big cheese uh, players of the week. And uh, I'll let you lead it off. Uh, why don't you uh, take the lead for uh, we've been talking defense. Uh, so who was your big cheese uh, defensive player of the week this week? It's hard because, you know, you, you, you know, we mentioned some of these guys. I think Rashawn Gary had a seven, um, seven uh, hurries yesterday or something crazy like that. He didn't get fields down, but he was just. Um, you know, Fields is not as good throwing the ball uh, when he's scrambling. So, I mean, Rashad had a really nice game as well. We talked about Campbell. We talked about all these other guys. Uh, Kenny Clark once again had a good game. But I got to say it's Razul Douglas, right? Another pick six. Uh, just just kind of just shutting down Chicago Bears wide receivers. Um, he's just playing at such a high level. Anytime a defender is able to get points for you the way that he's been able to do and the way that he was able to do yesterday, especially the timing of that touchdown, I thought was huge when the Packers were not, were, you know, were kind of flat early in the game for him to, to break on that ball and then to come back and play at such a high level the rest of the game. I, I think I've got to go with Razul Douglas as my nominee for uh, Packers defensive big cheese player of the week. Uh, yeah, let's make that official. I uh, couldn't agree more. Anytime you get a defensive player that gets in the end zone and uh, just overall, she said he had a fantastic game, even outside of that uh, two additional passes defense, um, the pass interference that he got dinged down. Yeah, I really didn't think that was, uh, you know, that was probably better as a no call. Uh, mm-hmm. Frankly, uh, you know, even through my green and gold uh, colored mm-hmm. glasses, I, I didn't really think that was a great call, but um, you know, yeah, uh, fantastic game and uh, pretty easy to give a, a couple of Dairyland dominators out. I think Preston Smith, we both talked about extensively 
definitely deserves one of those. Uh, and uh, Devontae Campbell, uh, 16 tackles. You are right on. You can get a lot of tackles in a lot of ways, but Devontae Campbell attacks the hole uh, and cleans up. And uh, these guys are not getting seven, eight yards downfield, and our middle linebacker is making the tackle. Uh, Devontae Campbell is stuffing the, that hole at the point of attack uh, and, and really making a def- difference on, on, on that uh, side of the ball. So uh, offensively, uh, Dean, kind of tough. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we've gone with Aaron Rodgers, and we've always said got a very, yeah. very high um, you know, expectation to give Aaron uh, a big cheese player of the week. I think you could easily make the case uh, he he gets it, uh, but I'm going to go with with uh, Devonte Adams this week. Um, I don't know if he was a hundred percent healthy or not. Uh, he looked fine, uh, but he went out there and I think he was what got this offense in rhythm and uh, you know just had a fine performance. Uh, once they started getting him the ball, it seemed like this offense started humming. So um, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, offensively. We had a, a really good performance uh, collectively. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, certainly statistically, four touchdowns, uh, you know, had a high percentage completion, made some really great throws. Um, so you may disagree with me and say, Aaron, and I, I would support that. But I just felt like once Devontae got the ball, that's mm-hmm. when the offense hit another gear. Uh, so not only because of the couple touchdowns he got and the another 100 plus yard game, 10 receptions, uh, but just the fact that it seemed like he was the engine uh, that made him go this week. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to say Devontae Adams as my big cheese player of the week. I'll, I'll second that. I don't think we've had Devontae uh, as our guy yet this year, which is Another reason. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's madness. He's Devontae Adams. Rodgers was awesome. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, maybe the only quarterback in the league where he throws four touchdowns. We're like, you know what? He That was Aaron, but we're going to go with somebody else as the best player on the field. Uh, but Devontae Adams was awesome. And that last uh, route uh, for the touchdown late in the game, was absolutely filthy. If folks want to go back and watch that, uh, the Bears corner just gets juked. His jock's on the sideline. Devontae with that slant route inside uh, made it look a lot easier than it should have been um, just because of his athleticism and how good he is. So Devontae Adams, I agree, Wags, big cheese offensive performer. For sure. Um, And A.J. Dillon, Second half, particularly, I thought uh, really I had another nice game, 15 carries for 70 yards. So it's not going to you know, be something that you're going to write home about as far as uh, statistically. But uh, they fed him the rock, and, and I thought he really finished off that game uh, and was a big part of the reason that the offense was successful in the second half once we started to establish that run game as well. Yeah, I'm just going to throw a, a brick of cheese at the offensive line, too, because they sure. were so good. I mean, they just, you know, two, uh, across the board, those five guys stepping up a, a under duress, under the big lights of Sunday night football. Yeah, Gotta give them uh, for sure. It's not ideal, but um, they made it happen. So yeah. that's all that matters for this week. Uh, so hopefully we continue to get some guys healthy. It does sound like looking ahead, uh, they're optimistic that uh, Bakhtiari could be returning to practice on Wednesday. Uh, Mm -hmm. So we'll wait and see uh, what that uh, development is. Uh, Doesn't mean he'll play this week. We know how that goes, Mm -hmm. but uh, we're getting down to it. Uh, Hopefully Josh Myers uh, in the next couple of weeks is able to return to practice. It sounds like he's progressing. No real updates for him, but um, there's, there's a chance that we get a couple of these guys and just hold your breath uh, on Billy Turner. Uh, hopefully yeah. it's, it's the best possible outcome. It sounds like there is some optimism, which is good. Um, so uh, I'm hoping it's kind of a Aaron Jones type knee injury uh, and he's able to return sooner than later. So no doubt. And, and Jair, uh, you know, continues to work his way back to practice as well. Uh, the three week clock has started with him. So that's good. And then all eyes will be on Zadarius Smith as well. A little less clear on that front, but hopefully you said there's no guarantee any of these guys are coming back, but uh, you know, the, the, the season's wrapping up soon. It sure would be a heck of an addition uh, come playoff time if we can get some of these guys back in Green Bay playing football. Yeah, and I mean, listen, we don't need to rush them back. And I'm not saying that they can't contribute and play if they don't get any regular season games in. 
but it's less than ideal uh, if they're not able to play at least a game or two before the end of this season. So there's just not that many more games left. So I think that's kind of the reality of where we're at. And um, so not wanting to rush them back, trying to be patient while at the same time recognizing that if we're going to get them at their best, we need them back soon. Uh, there's not a, there's not a whole lot more time left. So um, Dane, any other closing thoughts or anything else you want to uh, mention before we sign off? No, we'll be doing a preview podcast uh, before uh, what, probably Thursday evening or on Thursday evening. We will not probably uh, ahead of the Packers versus the Ravens. Um, so that'll be our next podcast. And then, um, you know, we'll just keep at it. The season continues, but the Packers are 10 and three. So exciting. A lot of teams, I thought about this today, Wags, a lot of teams and fan bases, um, a 10-win season is the best they do in five, six, 10 years. And the fact that we're sitting here at 10-3 and three right now, um, let's enjoy this very special, very fun season so far. Let's keep this train rolling. Yep, absolutely. And um, I think uh, we'll sign off here. It's it's going to be an interesting game, very close as we speak. It's tied at 13 Ooh. in the uh, at halftime uh, between the Cardinals and the Rams. So right. I guess go, go Rams. Go Rams. For tonight anyway. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But anyway, Packers got to continue to take care of business. But it's never too uh, early to start uh, putting ourselves in position. So, uh, Dane, I think that does it for us. As always, be legendary and go Pack Go! Go Pack Go! Every year I know we're going to go hard. We've been that team ever since Bart Starr. All my cheese heads go Pack Go. Ain't show with no mercy, cutting no slack, no. I ain't a bad sport and I'll even wish you good luck. Only thing I will say.